episode two of season two of the Cyber People podcast, and we are delighted to welcome Chris Ong. Now, Chris, I could introduce you, but I would love it if you would express in your own words who you are and what you do. Sure. And uh, again, thank you for having me um, on, on your podcast and for accommodating uh, my uh, schedule. I did have to put the kids to bed before uh, joining, otherwise you'd have a lot of background noise, um, which is somewhat entertaining, but also is quite distracting for our listeners. Uh, so by day, I'm a mild-mannered identity and access management uh, domain SME. Uh, by night, I still am a mild-mannered identity access management <laughs> domain SME, but normally sleeping or playing video games. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a proud dad to two young kids. Uh, my, uh, I have a my wife is still married to me uh, somehow. She uh, my biggest supporter and and uh, and enabler in life. Um, you know, from a from a professional perspective, you know, I've primarily worked in the identity and access management space for my entire career, uh, which is now spanning its 18th year. Which is uh, when did I get old? My goodness, I uh, yeah, I, I used to have all these hair and like you know um, energy and things, and now I find myself going to bed like you know 10:30 and you know, knackered the next morning. Uh, but yeah, so. Um, uh, I uh, my career has primarily centered around identity and access management, which is the domain that is responsible for you know, managing user lifecycle access, um, how people gain access, the processes, the roles, the frameworks around how you go about um, securing, um, uh, you know, how 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 um, staff and um, and uh, customers gain ac- get access to your uh, your IT systems and your applications. Okay. And why do you do that? And how did you end up doing that? Uh, why do I do it? Um, well, actually, I might answer the second question first. So how do I get into it? I kind of like everything else. I kind of stumbled into it. Uh, so Strata University, I did a computer engineering degree. and I thought that IT was all about you know Java programming, C, C++, uh, shell scripting, Unix, database networks. Landed my first role. Um, as a Java developer at this startup um, consultancy uh, that specialized in this thing called identity and access management. And, um, you know, we, we, we deployed solutions for large organizations. And, um, you know, it was like, it, it was to automate, um, you know, user creations back in the day or single sign-on so you wouldn't have to remember all these passwords. And it was like, it was a nifty little IT thing back in the day, but as as the years you know wore on, um, what's happened is it's um, you know transformed into I guess a central um, component of uh, broader cybersecurity. Um, so my career has kind of progressed from that point where you know I, I worked on a bunch of projects, uh, got to work at different client sites, got to expand my um, I guess you know my natural curiosity sort of took me. Um, to, to learning different, pick up different skills. I learned from very good mentors. Um, and before you know it, people are listening to me for advice around, well, what's best practice and how should we do this? And, um, you know, it becomes less of a technical um, challenge and more of a business challenge and a risk management challenge. Um, you know, because these days, everything's online, everything is serviced through the web, um, everything is... Um, you know, is is it's all about um, you know, the um, privacy, data privacy, and protecting um, you know, your organization from 
unauthorized access. Uh, you know, that comes with a reputational hit as well as other you know, punishments and, and, uh, and penalties. So there's a lot more line these days um, with, uh, you know, in this space than when I first started out where it was just, hey, let's just synchronize some accounts. Um, and why do I do it? Um, I've grown to love it. You spend, I guess, some of the walking example, the 10,000 hour rule, you spend enough time doing it, you kind of get less terrible at it. And um, I really do enjoy um, the, being able to help um, help make things safer and easier for for um, my colleagues and um, you know, my wider team and, and ultimately like the um, the customer base that our you know, organization serve. Okay. So is it, I mean, one of the things that I've observed is in the market in Australia, probably globally, because yeah. we're not that unique, <laughs> um, identity access management or just identity expertise is yeah. one of the most in-demand skill sets within cybersecurity, mm-hmm. as far as I can see. Is it true that one of the largest vulnerabilities that is exploited to create a lot of the cyber attacks that we hear about through the media is the is 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 a user identity that someone gets hold of some kind of a, an identity that's been poorly administered or whatever, you know, there's mm-hmm. all of these organizations that have a huge number of user IDs that still exists, but, you know, the people have left, they've moved on. So there are yep. all these all these accounts that still exist and a lot of the vulnerabilities that are exploited are to do with the poor housekeeping around identity access management. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, so poor. It's uh, the stories I can tell you, uh, but I have to protect the innocent. But you look, ultimately, you know, your firewalls, your um, DLP mechanisms, um, you know, your, your routing tables and rules, they don't count squat unless you have users, right? Like, if you have an empty population, what's there to compromise? It's just an empty, it's just a bunch of like, a um, bunch of software doing things. Um, the way that um, organizations get uh, not even breached, just you know, you have an accidental P1 because you, you pulled out a plug or something, is that you haven't managed your user accounts well, or you know, and, and then somehow they get disabled or password changed or something along those lines. Um, so you know, to your, to your earlier point, yeah, uh, it is a rare skill set in the market, um, and, and it's because. It's a combination of technical process, risk management, and just general cybersecurity know-how. Uh, you need a blend of um, skill sets and knowledge to um, to really, um, you know, to, to really get into this space um, at that level. Uh, you also need to be kind of crazy to be doing this for this long. I found like it's <laughs> yeah, you, you do, you, like. You know, this isn't a place to be if you want some sexy dashboard or like you know fancy metrics and numbers. Like you know, go to Salesforce for that or something, right? But like, if you want, uh, you know, we're a bit like a referee. If we do our job well, you shouldn't be aware of us. But if we do it badly, bam, we make the news. You know, right. five hundred million records breached or leaked online or something ridiculous like that. It's like being um, a goalkeeper. Pretty much, yeah. So. <laughs> You know, DLP fails or like some firewall rule you know, doesn't fire, then yeah, bam, it's on us, right? Um, or, or, or we at least get the first, um, you know, first blame. But then uh, action replay shows the midfielder was fast asleep tying his shoelaces. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Who who is the midfielder in cybersecurity? <laughs> uh, look, I think we all are. We take yeah. turns. I think it's you know some days it's us, some days it's the network guys, some days it's the DPS. Uh, no, no, it's, it's all um, it's it's all it's all a good uh, mix there. And you know, one of the things that a lot of uh, folks fail to appreciate is this is a very new industry. Um, you know, uh, it's the, the role didn't exist twenty years ago, so they're still working out and it changes so rapidly. So they're still working out the attack vectors and it constantly shifts as well. So you're, I mean, you know, some organizations are still trying to patch their 2008 servers and here we are, here we are trying to fend off nation states uh, right. by securing you know, our, our human, our non-human, our privileged accounts and you know, have it all SSO'd and have MFA in place at the same time. Um, you know, it, it's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of holes to poke in there. Um, yeah. It's conceptually very easy to explain uh, to you and I, or to my to my partner, very easy to get wrong as well. It's is is the um, is is the secret of a effective cybersecurity strategy mostly found in the way in which you communicate it to the rest of the organization. You know, I've heard I've heard a lot of people mm-hmm. say to me, you know, a cybersecurity role these days is 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 you know largely about communication. And and probably a little bit less about the technology. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. The technology at the end of the day either works or it doesn't, right? So you know, it either um, you press a button, you get this response, or you don't. Um, the communication aspect is very underrated, uh, just because it's a special, it's a specialized area that not everyone appreciates. So to be able to explain, you know, why why your service desk guys need to care, why your you know, bank tellers need to care. Um, you know, why your CEO needs to care? You need to be able to relate to what's keeping them up at night. You know, is it the fact that they need to serve their customers um, quickly and with good customer service, or are they dealing with regulatory pressures, or you know, managing um, you know, managing a, a release of a product that may influence sales and what have you? So, being able to explain to them, look, we're not trying to get in your way. We're trying to help you. We're trying to help you, um, you know, move quickly but not recklessly. Um, you know, because if you, uh, yeah, because if you go ahead and do your own own wolf sort of thing, then you know, that deviates from you know, best practices or standards, um, and you open yourself up to unknowingly to uh, potential um, you know, potential breaches, to misconfigurations, attacks, um, yeah, you know, opportunistic type of um, uh, type of uh, scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you do you think one of the issues, Chris, is that um, in in a lot of companies, cyber is seen as a technology thing. It, it sort of sits within IT, um, and the, I suppose a lot of people think of technology as like something that just sort of facilitates what they do anyway. So it's not the be all and end all, but it's like the it's the tail, not the dog. Do you think that if um, cybersecurity were was sort of seen more as an operational risk area or a business area rather than being under technology, that would improve its branding or brand recognition within the broader organization? Do you know what I mean? Like I remember when yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit long in the tooth and I've been doing this job for a long time. And when I first got into my area, 
um, cyber security was called information security. And there were a mm -hmm. few like paranoid dudes who sat at the back of the IT department and that's it. And now it's completely changed. They're like the, you know, rock stars. They're always on the pay in the, in the news and hugely in demand yeah. and rates and salaries are going through the roof. And so there's all this federal funding behind it. So there's been a huge shift in public awareness and in media coverage. And I just wonder if the, the central message of cybersecurity within an organization could be improved if cybersecurity were not just seen as a adjunct to IT, but were seen as a sort of, you know, business critical or operational risk area. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> it was born out of information technology departments, but the problem itself is connecting it to how it serves the business. And so having it, and some organizations, um, you know, um, govern this a lot better than others. Um, you know, they, they're on a sliding, they're on a scale of maturity, I suppose. Um, the ones that are further you know, advanced are the ones that understand it, um, that it is a way of managing risk in your business. And so, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, an, exec an executive isn't going to spend money just because they like a piece of tech. They're going to spend money for one of two reasons, to either help the organization make more money uh, or become more profitable uh, or to um, increase resilience um, and, uh, i.e., you know, um, to, to, to make compliance or to increase resilience against um, something going wrong. Um, so that's where cybersecurity comes into play, where we're helping, you know, enable you know, digital technologies and making that you know, available to everybody, you know, um, left, right, and center, but at the same time, so the usability side of things, but at the same time, we also have to, um, you, know, you know, just be aware of and manage those risks um, that come with that. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword, you know, with, with great convenience comes great, you know, risks. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, and so organizations that um, respect that, you know, uh, um, they, they get it, they, they, they see it, and it, it's, you know, it drives a lot of conversations. The ones that don't um, tend to uh, tend to ask the question, well, you know, it's fast if we do it this way, or you know, it's, it's going to make things harder, or what have you. And so uh, I, get a, I get involved in a lot of conversations around, you know, um, well, what's the point of it, or like, you know, what's, what's the benefit behind it? It's like, well, the benefit is we don't get breached and, um, you know, don't get sold, uh, sold down in the share market for reputation hit, right? Um, yeah. There's a number of examples that you can just you know, uh, recall in the past couple of years, um, you know, where, uh, where organizations got hit and uh, made the news and all that fun stuff. And it uh, ultimately came down to the, uh, you know, the, the avenue through which an attacker got in was by a human. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and very often, months and months and months before any kind of uh, event is is recorded or the organization is aware of it you know the the old adage of there's two kinds of organizations those who've been hacked and those who don't know they've been hacked exactly. it's only a little bit like yeah. covid we've all either had covid or we don't know that we've had it <laughs> yeah yeah no and we uh yeah we it seems like uh the, the next rounds are doing rounds again and so we're like oh okay fam family deals back on back on board folks so exactly yeah we wait and see we just got to make friends with it. We just got to make friends with it. Um, Chris, I, I know that uh, two of the things you wanted to talk about today um, are uh, 
the 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 lessons you would tell your 21 year old self mm-hmm. um i wonder if your 21 year old self would listen to your 26 year old self but um you know let's uh let's let's find out and the <laughs> 26 and is very kind thank you <laughs> The skincare routines are paying for itself, really. Uh, ab- absolutely. Oil of Ule, ladies and gentlemen, oil of Ule. That's right. Um, and going to bed at 10.30, as you said earlier. Um, and then the second topic that you really wanted to cover off was leadership styles, because I know that one of the really important things for you is the sort of human side of what you do, which I think probably is quite often forgotten, you know, in big business. Mm. I-, I can totally understand that, even in small business. So um, what would you tell the 21-year-old Chris Ong? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's, um, yeah, as a 21-year-old, I just finished university and uh, looking for my first gig out of university. And, you know, there's, there's a level, you sort of have in your head that, like, you're gonna, um, that your career is going to pan out a certain way or, like, it's going to go a certain trajectory. Um, and... Um, and these are things I sort of like learn along the way. And, and, and to your earlier point, uh, the answer is no, definitely no. I wouldn't have listened to myself. It's a bit like Bill and Ted's <laughs> Excellent Adventure. Like oh, the yeah. future versions of themselves came back and say, "Hey, don't forget to wind back your time because it's sanding yeah. this time." And of course, they go and forget because yeah. they're, they're high on crack yeah. half the time. But um, <laughs> yeah, so um, but you know, I, if, if I had a playbook that I would sort of you know write and uh, give to myself, uh, one I'd list all the shares I should have bought back in like 2004 made an absolute killing. Uh, but from a professional perspective, yeah, look, it comes down to a couple of things. One is, you know, don't be, don't be afraid to fail. And it's kind of cliche, but the reason why that's important is because how do you learn if everything goes well? Like the best stories that I have to tell my team and and my, my friends and family is other ones where like just shit just fell apart and like you know you'd be like this is the shittiest project ever or just everything's gone wrong i'm dealing with these bunch of clowns and but that's where you learn the most because you get to see okay this is what not to do and um these are the lessons learned and it, it really triggers that part of your brain that kind of goes this is we need to we need to not do this again um and it and it helps you to appreciate the the smooth running projects as well um or the, or, the, or, the, or the really positive um, roles that you've had. Um, thankfully, I've had, you know, um, only very good managers and leadership teams. So I've, not, I've yet to encounter like the proverbial bad um, manager or, or what have you. They've always been supportive. Uh, but yeah, um, don't be afraid to fail. Um, and because the thing is, it's, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You will, you will stumble at some point. Um, you know, if... Um, it's it's uh, you'd you'd be in like you'd be in a level of Prince Andrew denial if you didn't. If you didn't <laughs> oh no, I I I'd, I'd have a condition where I don't touch production at all. So it couldn't have been me that like you know, deleted all those tables. No, no, you're gonna fail, right? So uh, so learn from it, suck it up, learn from it, let it sting, but but don't make that same mistake again. Um, yes. Yeah. So yeah, learn learn to fail. Are there, are there any, um, when you tell this story, uh, when you share this nugget of wisdom, Chris, are there any um, specific examples where, you know, the proverbial hit the fan, um, you know, any sort of serious icebergs that uh, ruptured your hull 
at, at one point or another that you'd like to kind of give us a few details on, or is it all sort of top secret and confidential uh, or too traumatic? Yeah, look, it's, it's, yeah, it's all kind of blurred yeah. um, in, in my memory, but I guess it's helped, it's helped shape the person that I am. So two traits come out of that. One is uh, it takes a lot of bad news to, to, to shake me. So I've, you know, a production sound, okay, tell me what the details are. Um, oh, we've lost this. Okay, well, um, when did you last see it? You know, it's yeah. You 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 even if inside my head I'm kind of going, oh shit. Um, you know, to, it it doesn't convey confidence or assurance if you uh, uh, if you project that outwardly. So uh, you 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 learn to develop a good poker face. Um, yeah, look, wow. there's stories. There's, <laughs> I, I think the main story, the main the main stories is around um, collective failings. Like you're on a project that's just I don't know. There's 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 um, bad vibes or bad juju you know, flying around. So naturally, you know, your your team is it's an us versus them sort of thing, and everything's a passive aggressive sort of you know um, you know uh, vibe to it, and it, it's just hard to get anything done. Um, there's there's projects that I've been on a bit like that. There's been projects where you know the uh, uh, the project leads were, I want to say, asleep at the wheel, but they probably weren't the best folks to be leading that, or maybe they just checked out. And you know, the outcomes kind of take care of themselves when you have leaders that check out, and as much as you can you know, try to prod and poke and, and cajole and will um, the outcomes, and you just have to acknowledge, look, we we just have to, um, you know, the, the, there's only certain amount of things that um, that uh, that we can influence and. You know, there's no point stressing out about things beyond that. Um, uh, yeah. Um, probably, How did you, probably, sorry, no, no, please. I interrupted. It's a terrible habit of mine. I just get no, too no, excited no. and want to ask loads of questions. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the, the other reflection is, and, you know, I spent um, it was first 15 years of my professional career as a uh, working in a consultancy. So we, we get engaged by clients to, to help, help um, deliver projects and, um, help them out. The, the reflection on that is, look, if they had their shit together, they wouldn't need us. They wouldn't need to pay uh, our organizations a lot of money um, to to, uh, to wheel in specialist skills and experiences that we that we brought. Um, if they if if all their teams worked harmoniously together, you know, we, they wouldn't need us to help facilitate those workshops um, to to flesh out those those business rules that reside in this old. Uh, old timers' head that no one else knows maybe arcane rules for. Um, you know, I, I, I did some work at a telco about a, it's probably about a decade ago now, where a lot of their key, um, you know, business functionality resided in this, you know, horrendous orgy of database tables that no one understood except for maybe one or two individuals. And if you need to make a simple change, like, hey, maybe we should like. You know, update the logo. That's a thirty thousand dollar change request. You know, it yeah. is that sort of system. Uh, yeah, uh, it may it may still be there, it may not. Uh, who knows? But um, how how did you? So how did you? Um, how long did it take as the twenty one year old Chris Ong to get to the stage where you could just be chilled and calm and not panic? All the you know, even though you might have been totally, you know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't inside. I don't, you ever, you know, I don't think you ever get there, but you get better at it. So yeah. you know the the um, 
yeah, look, there could, there could be something that I hear tomorrow that makes you kind of go, oh, shit, it's on. Um, but I, it comes in phases. And I guess, you know, you, um, uh, it comes in phases based off, I guess, the, uh, the experiences that you've had. So the first few years of my career, I was a, a project team member, so a developer or tester or architect or BA. Uh, five, or, five or six years in, I started leading teams as a tech lead and a project lead. Um, and I think once you start managing people, um, you get better at um, providing that sort of level of assurance and and you know setting that, setting that message and and just thinking for just thinking about um, you know uh, other people apart from yourself and what you're doing for the day and what you need to get done for the week. Um, yeah, so you have to run on dual dual modes. It's a skill that is um, for a lot of tech folks with tech background. It's 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 not the easiest or most natural skill to master because you know, social interaction. What the hell is that? You know? um, so yeah, you know, to be able to talk tech domain uh, SME, um, you know, type stuff as well as manage people and as well as be able to you know, communicate with um, a varied um, set of stakeholders, um, it's it's a skill that a twenty-one year old would not possess. So that's probably the other part of it um, of the learnings, which is you've got to find your own style. So um, I, I uh, it, it only hit me a few years back where my boss at the time. Um, I was stressing out about I was stressing out about this presentation that I had to give, um, uh, you know, at the end of an engagement where my team had done all these awesome work, security controls, yada yada, yada um, review yeah. of the identity platforms, this and the other, very technical, um, heavily technical um, engagement, and I had to come up to speed in like a day uh, while I was working on a few other projects at the same time, and um, trying to, you know come up with the talking points and I'm sitting there panicking, shooting my pants, absolutely panicking. And my boss just pulls me aside <laughs> and goes, look, just tell the story the way you feel most comfortable. If you try to mimic me or, or Dave or like John, you're going to fail because you're not us. Right? Tell it the way that you um, that you tell it. So, you know, I sort of, that, that if nothing else, it just helped calm me down. And I know I have a certain style of speaking. It can be a bit stuttery or a bit excited or a bit, um, you know, energetic or dull at times, depending on how uh, you perceive my voice. But um, you know, it's it 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 helps me to sort of at least focus on okay, well, what are the key things I talk about? Talk to them, um, and it just helped me to then um, you know get into that zone to go okay, well, what is it that these guys need to understand? Um, let's facilitate. Let's have that conversation. Facilitate the, the thoughts as we step through them. Don't just don't just read off a PowerPoint slide. Don't just talk at them about here are the things that we've done. We've done all these things. Look at all the things we've done. Um, you know, um, point out point out some high level findings. Um, you know, pause. Give them the opportunity to um, to reflect and provide feedback or ask questions, um, and then you know, direct, steer the conversation from there. Kind of like you know, um, half half organized, half winged, which is kind of like life in general. Like, yeah. You know, like, the <laughs> day kind of should start out like this, but you know, next thing I know, I'm walking to work in sandals. You know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Have to do make do sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. Good enough is good enough. Perfection is yeah, sometimes the enemy of of the good. I think, and you know, we can be too way too attached I, to this and put ourselves under enormous pressure. I always tell my teams that if you're waiting for perfection, you'd be waiting a long time. Like in in all places, any okay. place I've ever worked at. So, whatever whatever pr- product or output you've produced to date, I am certain, provided you 
run it past a spell checker that it is the best version of that this organization produced, whether it's a policy or a doc, uh, design doc or a, you know, or user guide or whatever. Um, you know, you got to start somewhere. And if there's terrible feedback, we use that feedback and we improve on it. You know, listening to you talk, Chris, I, I feel a lot more relaxed and, and I feel like I'm going to be a lot easier on myself moving forward. And, and I'm sure the listeners are feeling the same. It's true. It's true. We do definitely beat ourselves up way too much. Uh, we're our own worst enemies. We criticize ourselves. We put all sorts of limitations on ourselves. Run your own race is a very positive message. And I always say that to the candidates that I'm working with who are going through interview processes and so forth. Just, just do you because we can't consistently do who we're not. So even if you pretend to be someone else and you get the job, it's not going to last, you know. So. Yeah, and 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 even you know going back to the, the the failure point, you know, be prepared to fail. Um, not only outright failure, but just say things like rejection. Um, you know, if you go for a job interview, uh, you're not suited for all roles in all organisations. Some people might, some places want a more technical version. Some people, some places may want um, someone who's more you know got a particular skill set that you don't happen to fit, or a, another candidate had a better fit. Um, maybe if you got the job, you would have done well, but this other candidate. Um, you know, seem to tick more of the boxes. Um, you know, it's 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 less about um, your shortcomings and more about just understanding where um, you know other other factors that came into play and just learning from what that means um, to make yourself better um, you know, next time around. Absolutely, absolutely. And I liked what you said about taking on massive responsibility early on in your career. You know, becoming a team leader, taking on the responsibility of other people, and how that helped you develop faster you know you, be, you were able to um acquire that uh sang froid as they say in france the ability to um be cool calm and collected like a cucumber under under intense pressure even if you don't feel that way inside um jordan peterson often talks about um taking on massive responsibility in order to have a meaningful life uh, and that sounds like pretty much what you just said <laughs> yeah, and you know, just just listening to this conversation now, um, you know, your 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 listeners may get a sense that I'm you know, this composed and well put together individual. And look, I'd love to assure them that I'm not. Like my things things go wrong all the time, and you know, I'm, I sometimes need to go and be to just kind of go, ah, oh, god damn it, this didn't go my way, what have you. So, you know, it's it's an ongoing sort of. A life lesson. Uh, it, it, one of the reasons I enjoy identity so much is because 18 years in, I'm still learning stuff. I'm like, really? Okay. We're trying to solve the same problem, but it, 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 there's there's different ways as technology matures to, and also how as businesses um, evolve to be more digitally uh, uh, to adopt digital transformation um, to, to 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 operate and do things. So you know, the problem keeps changing. The solution needs to change as well. And our response to that needs to change too. Um, yeah, absolutely. it's uh, always absolutely. learning. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that's when we're happiest as humans, when we're constantly growing. Um, Chris, we don't have a lot of time left. I would just like to ask, um, were there any other lessons that you would tell your 21-year-old self? And if not, would you like to give us some insights into leadership styles? Uh, yeah, so this probably blends both into the lessons uh, I tell my earliest, my younger self, as well as leadership, but uh, prioritize family. Um, 
you know, it's a it's another cliche um, lesson, but it's one that strikes me uh, has struck me a number of times. Uh, and there's two stories I'd like to share there. One was I uh, had a you know, I had a, um, a I was a mentor to uh, a, a younger girl back in the day, and she went on maternity leave. She came back. I caught up with her. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, how's it been? I'd actually got word, um, you know, quite word prior that uh, she she'd lost the baby um, early oh, on geez. after childbirth. So I was mentally prepared, um, but just um, when I had that first sit down with her uh, at a coffee shop, you know, I sort of just had to ask. Like I knew it was coming, but you, you sort of just have to ask the question: How's it going? Because and just be as sensitive as you can. And that you know, I, I, I was a first time dad of a ten month old at the time. And, you know, just that conversation, I couldn't have given a fuck about work. Like you, you just kind of go, "This is you know, it, we just hammers at home for you, right?" Um, so there's, I mean, I actually messaged that person uh, last week to see how they're going and, um, you know, they've, um, you know, they're, they're thriving these days in a new environment. Um, they've, they've expanded their family since we last spoke and just doing really well. So I couldn't be happier for that person. Um, the other part of it, um, is, um, you know, the CEO of the, of the consulting firm that I work for, he, he expanded the, the market cap for that. Um, organization by $70 billion. Remarkable businessman. Just helped to motivate so many people. He uh, suffered some health ailments, had to take some time off, came back, and then he retired you know, a couple of years back. And three weeks, he was dead. And so I'm like, that, and like, the, 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 I never met the guy. And like, none of my peers have met the guy, but like, just the amount of grief and outpouring that, had, uh, that took place. It's not how the script is meant to run. You know? Like, this guy worked so hard, did so many great things. Um, you know, and uh, you didn't get to enjoy the benefits of that. Um, so, you know, again, it, it just puts work and that family and, and you know, your broader life into perspective there. You know, you're doing it for a reason. Know what that reason is and then, you know, um, just, just um, uh, yeah, work, work to it. But also you know, when you're interacting with people, treat them as humans first and foremost. Um, you may disagree with them and that's okay. I had a disagreement with like one of the, uh, one of the team leads this morning. That's fine. You know, we're allowed to do that. We, we kept it respectful, and you know, um, I respect him for um, having such strong views as, as much as he would, hopefully, as much as he would with me for um, politely putting my views forward. We hash that away forward. Bang! You know, I can turn around to my team tomorrow and say, "Hey, um, did you guys help help me get this uh, get this done?" Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that uh, amazing nugget of wisdom, because I totally agree. You know. Um, we seem to be in uh, in a in a time where um, being disagreed with or being offended is suddenly a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it can be character building and very thought provoking. Chris Song, I'm really sorry to have to uh, bring it to a close. I could talk to you all night. I'm so grateful that you joined us this evening, um, and I'd love to hear more. And I hope you come back very very soon. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Thank you for having me. We'll have a great night. You, you too, mate. All the best.